Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, welcome to Hollywood Crime Scene. This is Rachel Fisher. Hi, this is Desi Jedikin. All right. Let's start off the show by thanking our patrons. They donated over at patreon.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene, and we thank them very much. This week we had Christina, Renee, Jasmine, Sarah, Liz, Amy, Stephanie, Scott, Alicia, Chelsea, Samantha, Tiny But Mighty, Melanie, Cecily, Kitty, Trisha, Henry, Sean, Mora, Krista, Kelly, Janet, Daniel, Crystal, Olga, Laura, Max, and Scarlett. Thanks, guys. We're actually recording a very new bonus episode after we record this. So you'll have a brand new episode to listen to. Cool. Okay. So we are back with part two of the Blackburn Cult. So if you missed last week's episode... Go listen to it before you listen to this one so you're all up to speed. And we're just going to pick up where we left off. No, um, no, like last week episode recap. <laughs> like Previously on Ray Donovan. <laughs> exactly. I do like watching Ray Donovan recaps for some reason. I do too. I don't know. Just like seeing the little bits. <laughs> now, um, okay. So where we were when we left off was the cult was basically wanting to leave Santa Monica and LA proper. And they were going to move to a compound in Simi Valley. So right now we're in 1926. The cult has grown to over 100 members and they were kind of spread all over homes in LA. So at some point May decides that it's best to consolidate in order to have more control over her followers. Now, May, I don't think I mentioned this last episode. She was known as the heel of God. That was like her title. The heel. Yeah. I almost get the impression that it's like this foot stomping down or like, or like heel, like when you heal a dog, right? Like, or like a heel of bread. What's a heel of bread? Oh, a heel of bread. (laughs) (laughs) No, you know how you heal a dog? Like you control them and pull their leash tight or something. I think it has more to do with that. Um, I'm not quite sure. Look, someone is definitely screaming into their phone right. at us right you now. fucking idiot. Um, so she's like a bit of a control freak. Yeah. She begins thinking that a larger compound is more ideal and starts looking for space on the outskirts of L.A. Now, another benefit of getting out of L.A. proper is that she's hoping it means that the cult will face less scrutiny from law enforcement. The cult at this point had been doing sort of ritualistic things at night. Um, I think we mentioned some of the stuff last week. Uh, burials, exhumations, uh, borderline animal sacrifice type stuff. And just in general, these late night meetings, Does neighbors. He, that was not borderline animal sacrifice. That was literal well, animal. it was animal, I guess, was it sacrifice? That was where I was like, was that a sacrifice? I don't know the official like um, legal definition. It was wrong. It was wrong for sure. But was it ritualistic animal sacrifice? They buried the puppies with her. That okay. sounds pretty okay. fucking ritualistic. I'm just trying to be like, <laughs> now... Uh, But the neighbors were like filing noise complaints and stuff like that against this cult. Now, Simi Valley was remote, but close enough that travel to L.A. was fine. And they would be maintaining the L.A. properties as well because they were going to be commuting frequently into Hollywood. So in May of 1926, Clifford Dabney, if you don't remember who he is, he's the rich guy who basically is funding this operation at this point. He purchases 10 lots in the foothills of the Santa Susana Mountains in Simi Valley. The land is basically unusable. People in the past had bought it and would just abandon it because they weren't able to build on it. It was so rocky and hard that that you couldn't really build a foundation. Like That's how hard the land was. So there were like a few really rustic cabins on these lots, but most members were basically living in tents. There was no road into the area. It was that undeveloped. 
The winter of 1926 was pretty hard, but by 1927, they had built a dirt road that sort of went into the enclave, and they were building more common areas after securing a loan for lumber and building supplies. One of the big common areas that they built was called the Golden Throne Temple. It was a white crescent-shaped four-room building that had like stained glass windows, and it had an inner room that contained, and I kid you not, something that was called the Lord's Furniture Set. (laughs) What? (laughs) That's where he was going to return when man undid the damage that he had done to the Tree of Life. And he was going to sit on a chaise lounge? Yeah, it was basically... A lot of gold, painted furniture, a lot of gold satin. Literally everything was gold, satin, and like painted gold. So not real gold, like gold tone. Some of it was gold, and then some of it was like gold leaf painted. It was expensive. Right. Like one of the... um, one of the whole set of the Lord's furniture set, (laughs) for some reason it reminds me... When I kept reading that, I kept thinking of like like an old game shows where you could win a whole living room set or something. Yeah, and it's always that horrible fl- flower. Floral. Yeah, and it was like the most awful kind of dining room set. So it would be like the dining room, a hutch, <laughs> like yeah. a sideboard, like yeah. all of that kind of stuff. So it was like, yeah, it was very ornate carved. A lot of lion motif, like lion heads were carved in things and painted gold leaf. It also had a 500-pound gold throne that May had designed with the help, of course, from the angel. Because if there's one thing God cares about, it's ornate <laughs> Opulence. I like that in her version, God is like Burger King. <laughs> like he's just gonna come down looking like a king, right. a Burger King with a with a <laughs> crown on his head and a huge beard and mustache, looking all hot, <laughs> hot God. Wow, does he? Uh, so Desi wants to fuck the Burger King. He is kind of he's like a Chris Christopherson vibe, the old school Burger King. <laughs> okay, look. okay, come on now. <laughs> I don't know. I just love the Lord's furniture set. So May and Ruth's cabin is eventually built, and their cabin is referred to as the Watchtower. There were animal stalls full of sacred animals, which were horses and mules. Some of those were for will, will be for sacrifice. The most sacred horse was a white horse named Biff. Biff? <laughs> yes. That is the most unmajestic name for a horse. <laughs> the sacred horse, Biff. Fuck also that, that he's white, like, come on. It's a little too on the nose, May. <laughs> <laughs> so the cult members eventually would have, all have like very simple cabins. Since there were less cars, Ward began counting trains. Now, Ward, Desi posted a picture <laughs> of Ward on our Instagram page, and I jumped. You actually, I was like shocked to see a comment from you. I never, I never. <laughs> I was like, wait, Rachel's comment. I only post the pictures. Desi, either Desi or I post the pictures on Hollywood Crime Scene Instagram page. But I had to comment. I've never made a comment on our Instagram page before, but I was so upset by that He's picture. He's pretty upsetting. Now, I don't know if you remember from last episode, he would count cars. Like that's how May would keep him busy. Yes. So since there was less traffic where they were, he started counting trains. Now May had big plans for the compound. She wanted to build her own printing press so she could publish all of her books that she never finished. (laughs) She also had plans for a grand conference room called the Great Argumental Parlor of the Interview World, where intellectuals could come and discuss her book, The Sixth Seal, that was never written. (laughs) What if they wanted to discuss other stuff? I think as long as it had to deal with with May's teachings, that was fine. It doesn't really matter because she never did it. Now, May even hired a photographer to chronicle all of the achievements the cult was building in this um, new environment. But that ended when he refused to be recruited to the cult and May physically attacked him. Now, the book I read believes that it was Martha Rhodes joining the cult that turned things into the direction of like healing and resurrection. May wanted to run this scam as long as possible. So while healing things could kind of be faked, resurrection was a different story. She didn't want to make a promise she couldn't keep and lose her credibility. She was all about angels and magic mansions and gold and gem mines. <laughs> Come on. I mean, that is like a very distinct distinction here, or distinction here. Like the resurrection for May was definitely more along the lines of like, once we get this um, achievement and restore the tree of life, all of us will be resurrected in the eyes of God. And and Martha's view is more like literally raising the dead kind of thing. 
So um, May kind of played along with it, I think, because Martha was such a devoted... Uh, and Martha, if you remember, is Willa Rhodes' mom. And the Willa is the... The little, dead girl. The girl who, uh, who... They still have the body at this yes, point? Yes, they still have the body and at this point. she must be decayed. Well, we'll get into that a bit. Okay. Now... So people would confuse, though, what are Martha's beliefs and what are May's. Um, so, as I said, raising the dead versus resurrection in the spiritual way. Um, May did have on the properties, or at least plans to build, a huge refrigeration building. So that also lended a lot of people thinking that she was also on the resurrection train. But in May's opinion, this was just to store people in case the mass resurrection happened, um, in her view, uh, the idea was that it was easier to be raised from the dead if you were refrigerated rather than just being risen from the dust. So huh? that was her. <laughs> Is that like how you have to... Never mind. It's kind of like old school cryogenics. Yeah. Right? Where they're like freezing you until a cure comes. Right. Or something. Right. Like they're preser- Like they think you're, they're preserving you. Right. So she is considering preserving these people because she does believe resurrection happens once the tree of life is restored. Like all the people who died will be resurrected, but that obviously has a great escape clause for May. Like, do you know what I mean? As far as not promising things she can't deliver, she can just be like, well, it's not happening this year. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I've had a really stressful year with work and family stuff, and I know I'm not alone when I say I tend to push that stress down in order to get what I need done, done, and that only makes things worse. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. In the past, therapy has helped me navigate many situations from helping me to set boundaries to just becoming the best version of myself. If you are thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. I love that it's entirely online, so it's convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash HCS today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash HCS. I'm the queen of starting a free trial offer and forgetting to cancel it, oftentimes being charged for months for something I'm not even using. If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said yes, but let me tell you, I would have been so wrong. I can't believe how many I had and all the money I was wasting. With Rocket Money, I can see all of my subscriptions in one place, and if I see something I don't want, I can cancel it with a tap. I never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill, and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. It's definitely saved me money, and now I can use that money to waste on things I do want. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. That's rocketmoney.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. There was kind of a split in the camp between Martha's more Christian science and resurrection kind of stuff views and May, um, who kind of tried to be more scientific, even though it's kind of a laughable distinction. So people are always like, why would a control freak let someone like Martha have so much influence within her cult? 
She simply just wanted to grow her cult and new thought healing, which is an aspect or one of the central ideas preached in Christian science was really big at the time. That's like the kind of idea that we can get these bad thoughts out of you and that will cure your ailments and diseases. You can just you can just do it through thought. That's what new thought is kind of in a nutshell. So May was starting to realize her beliefs and those of the new thought members were in conflict and she eventually would create two groups within the compound. The one that she gave to like the Martha group was called the Church of the Divine Science of the Joshua and the whole shebang was incorporated as a nonprofit at this point. The Great Eleven, though, continued its work with magical rituals that would bring people wealth, immortality, and dominance in the world. In February of 1927, a 29-year-old Simi Valley resident named Louise Voltz disappeared. Louise was inside her home, cleaning up after dinner, while her husband and sons did farm chores. They came back in after 30 minutes because it was raining and she was gone. Her husband assumed she went to the neighbors. He would later say that Louise had a rain complex. That was a compulsion to go outside when it rained and look up and have the rain hit her face. Have you ever heard of such a compulsion? No. (laughs) I mean, it feels good, but I wouldn't say I have to do it if it rains, like I'm in a catatonic state. (laughs) That's what he almost makes it seem like. Now, he eventually gets worried, and he and others began searching for Louise. Days later, she's still missing, and the authorities are finally contacted. Newspapers reported her disappearance and really latched onto the rain complex, complex almost as a sign of hope that she was still alive. Like this woman just couldn't help getting that rain on her face, and she kept walking with her face up to the sky, <laughs> and that's why they couldn't find her. Um, but no one likes the rain on their face so much that they abandon her family, that they abandoned their family, and especially not Louise, who was definitely a devoted mom and wife. When she wasn't found, people really began to worry that she had been kidnapped. Now, there was a report of a woman walking along the road by Louise and her husband's ranch, and that road led to a religious colony that was nearby. The woman uh, who was seen walking along that road was later to be, ah, sorry, was later determined to be a member of the cult, which we know is um, the Blackburn cult. This led people to believe that Louise had been interacting with the cult for many times. As I told you, they didn't really have, they had like one dirt road and they would just walk this road to go into town to like purchase stuff. So people speculated that Louise had often interacted with the cult members as they walked along this road. Louise was never found, but her son did later give information that he saw his mom pulled into a large black car, just like one that was owned by May Blackburn. Now, May was not ever really brought in for questioning. She will be questioned about it later on. But if it was cult-related, why would she abduct a local woman? There was speculation of conflict between Louise and cult members that they possibly tried to recruit her and she rejected them since she had a husband who owned a lot of valuable property nearby. She would have been the exact type of recruit May preferred. Now, others speculated she may have seen something and that the cult had no choice but to offer. So that's just like a weird mystery and that this is never solved, Um, but it seems pretty suspect. Louise is never found. Wow. That's like a fear of mine is being like, attempted to be recruited by cult members and being like, no, and then they like can't get over it and they keep like stalking me about it. Yeah. And May had a history of being violent with people who rejected her, like whatever advances, her cult advances. Now, the fact that she was abducted in a 30 minute time span also makes it seem like a planned kidnapping. This is Simi Valley at this time, like in the late twenties, it's just not densely populated as it it is now. Like it's suburbs now, but it's pretty populated. Cars weren't like driving around all the time that someone would have been driving down this road and had seen Louise outside, like looking at the rain. They had to have been like waiting there for her to come out. Um, Also, the rain was like a perfect opportunity to carry something like this out because it sort of muffled any sounds that people might have heard. So, Shortly after Louise disappears, things really start to unravel for the cult as May and Ruth like start going off the rails in an even bigger way. Now, they're doing increasingly odd things and it's making things harder and harder for cult members to justify. Like Up to this point, I think they've justified a lot, but they're going to have even more trouble uh, doing that. Now, one incident that was really disturbing was involving um, a cult member named Merritt Woodall, who was a young man. 
He didn't live in Simi Valley. He spent most of his time at the Hollywood headquarters. And he was described as a very affable guy, someone so sort of likable that people actually called him the King of Peace. Now, one day he is on Sunset by the headquarters in Hollywood, and he heard May call out to him. He responded, yes, mother. Ew. (laughs) Are people calling her mother at this point? Yes, that is definitely something people call her. Now, he thought that maybe Ruth and May needed a ride. That was something they typically requested of him. And uh, he, I'm sorry, May said to him, king of peace, I have been assigned a mission by an angel for which you will be needed. Merritt said he would do anything needed of him. Now, at that point, May responded, good. It is God's will that you be shot. He was like, wait, what? (laughs) Wait, shot? Shot. That's like the ultimate, like, sure, I'll do anything. (laughs) And then it's like, God's ordered that you be shot. He's like, whoa, 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 what? What?" (laughs) Right. Spit take. Um, And May said, you are to be shot, but don't worry, only in the foot. Oh, okay. Now, at this point, Merritt panics and says he'd rather not be shot. But May said every command by an angel was necessary. Why would an, see, why would an angel ask that? <laughs> Seriously. Why would an angel want that? What that's is, not very angelic. <laughs> no, that's evil. Now, he asked who would shoot him, and May indicated that Ruth, who she now called the warder of the purple robes, she then said that, he shouldn't worry. She always took care of her flock and they would get bandages and stuff on the way to Simi Valley before he got shot in the foot. So they literally, he drives them to like whatever the old school version of CVS is and they pick up like bandages and like peroxide or <laughs> whatever to deal with the future wound. Disgusting. And then he drives them to uh, Simi Valley where he's going to be shot. There are some ceremonial words said by May, and then Ruth comes in with a gun and shoots Merrill, I'm sorry, Merritt in the heel, in the heel of his fucking foot. Ow. He is screaming in agony, obviously. And Rachel, it is never revealed to him or to anyone what the purpose of this was. Like, there's never like, we have to do this <laughs> because, like, there's not even a bullshit reason given to him. Now, Merritt eventually just tells people he accidentally shot himself in the heel while cleaning um, a gun. He is resentful about this. He actually tells Clifford Dabney about the shooting. May gets so worried that he's going to tell more people or turn them in that she stalks him or has people stalk him. And he is basically living in constant fear of some kind of reprisal from her. But nothing really happens. He does, I thought this was interesting, he protests May's treatment of him by secretly eating fish, something May forbade. <laughs> well, I mean, it's just like the saddest protest. He's, he's like, I'm going to Red Lobster. I'm going to fucking eat some shrimp, <laughs> bitch. <laughs> um, now, speaking of Clifford Dabney, he was facing more and more scrutiny from his family about his involvement with the cult. At this point, he had invested almost all of the money he had in the cult. He even helped have the cult incorporate like as a business at this point, and he became the president of the business. Now, many people wonder how a smart and successful man could get conned in such a major way. And the truth was he was always this believer in, in like supernatural kind of stuff before he met May. So he was really the perfect mark, like a rich person who kind of believed in this stuff. He wanted to believe. And once he went all in, he talked himself out of any doubts by looking at them as tests of faith. I think we've discussed this before. Like it's really hard once you go all in to admit you made a mistake. Yeah. And I think that's pretty common and why people stay in so long in these things that are obviously cons. Because you end up investing your entire identity in something. And you don't want to look stupid. Okay, so another thing that sort of caused resentment with Clifford Dabney is he really kept himself separate from what he considered the lower class members of the cult. And obviously they resented him for that. They also resented his ability to challenge May, and she kind of put up with those challenges because he was financing everything. But they kept quiet about him until uh, 1929, when we'll get into what happens then uh, and how they kind of turned on him. Now, May continues keeping the money rolling in, not just from Dabney, but her other followers. 
Um, she continues to perform magical rites. One of the more bizarre rites was when they raised a horse by its rear end above the ground because Gabriel, one of the angels, had told May there was gold deposits nearby. This is like some Mr. Ed shit. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. This is going to make the next part even harder. (laughs) The horse hung in the air while followers waited for something to happen. And something did happen. The poor horse died. <gasps> no. Mid-air. Basically, I can't remember what it was called, but you can't be held upside down for a long period. No. Like, you'll die. Did they do this with strings? Well, not strings, but rope. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I meant, Debbie. <laughs> you know. Yes, strings to hold up a horse. Uh, no, yeah, they had like some kind of crane thing with like ropes and hoisted this, this is horse horrible. up where it was upside down. Now the horse, like I said, uh, died midair and the cult members were like, what the fuck? Like clearly that was not supposed to happen. But May is like the classic fucking manipulator. She instantly is like, no, this is a sign. Um, this is like when I was in rehab at one of the, re- <laughs> <laughs> It's going to make sense. Okay. This is like in one of the rehabs I was in when I was 20 and we like, they took us to equine therapy, but this was not like a fancy rehab. So it wasn't a nice equine therapy place. It was just right. like a lady with a horse. And equine. Like, <laughs> it makes it sound so professional. <laughs> and the horse was like this old gray mare, like literally an Aww. old gray mare. Like she was fucking old and like gray. She ain't what she used to be. <laughs> And the horse, the whole time during the therapy, the horse was mad. So it was jumping up in the air and bucking and farting. Oh, my God. And I was like, this is a metaphor for where my life is at this point. Absolutely. It just reminded me of that. Yeah. It's like that was not supposed to happen. Yes. So obviously no gold is found. May quickly adds that she just got a new message from Gabriel. The gold was there, but not ready to be removed. little persnickety gold. Now, they would also hold magical banquets that had odd requirements, like everyone had to smoke three cigarettes. And this one stood out to me because I thought you'd be irritated as well. Everyone had to eat pie without sugar in it. I was... Okay. (laughs) I was just going to say when you said they had banquets, there is no way in hell that this bitch knows how to cook. No, the food's probably terrible. Or that she she appreciates good food. She probably thinks... like. Good food is a distraction. Right. I fucking hate this bitch. Yeah. Now, Simi Valley locals are starting to get more concerned about what's going on in that Blackburn enclave. Particularly concerning was that they had like a natural amphitheater that kind of was in the side of the hill and they sort of made it into a stage. And there they would perform fantastic rituals and frenzied or- orgiastic dances. This is according to frenzied locals. Frenzied orgiastic? Um, and supposedly some of the participants would be buck naked. Teens would actually sneak to hills across from where this amphitheater was and like, and stake it out in hopes of seeing some nudity. Now, <laughs> those were the days before internet porn. <laughs> you had to like hope to find an orgiastic dance in an amphitheater, like right. an open air amphitheater. Newspapers began requesting interviews. And May said that the angel agreed that the first interview was to be given to the Moore Park Enterprise. (laughs) They were completely like snowed by May and wrote a glowing piece on her, even trumping up her soon to be published book, The Great Six Seal. May is like the person on like Twitter who's always talking about some project they're working on that never materializes. And then they just never speak of it again. And they're on to the next thing. Now, at this point, The Great Six Seal was, in May's uh, words, going to be three volumes now and uh, was going to be published soon, as, as always. But things were about to get even worse for May. July of 1927, Clifford Dabney was almost broke. He had given almost $21,000 to May at this point, in addition to the land he purchased. Now he had made other bad business decisions that also led to some of this financial troubles he was having, but he really needed to find those damn gold mines and May kept asking for more and more and more. His coffers were completely fucking dry. He couldn't even pay a $200 bill to repair his car. He was fed up with May, quit the order, but May refused to let him leave permanently. She told him God still had a purpose from him and she was never going to like let him out completely. He could always come back. 
He didn't hear from May until January of 1928 when she told him what that purpose was. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Dabney was shocked to find out that May had discovered that he had one oil lease left to his name. She she said that an angel had demanded he give it to her, and if he refused, she said, death will surely come upon you. Then she looked at his wife, Alice, and added, and perhaps you too, my dear. (laughs) Dabney agreed and asked May if he could please keep the monthly royalty payment he got every month on the 12th. May agreed to that demand, but when the 12th came around that month, she showed up in his door and got him to sign the check over to her, and she continued doing that uh, month after month after month. Can you you imagine (laughs) if that was your fucking husband doing that? Dude, it's like insane to me. I would divorce him. Be like, grow some fucking balls. Seriously. Now, her followers would later say he did everything voluntarily, and that is true, but Clifford and Alice really did fear for their life. People who tried to leave or interfere with the cult in the past had been met with violence. We have the story of Sammy Rizzio, for one, and other things. And May was making more money than ever, but her followers weren't seeing it, and she wasn't using it to pay debts. She had numerous lawsuits filed against her for money owed. May didn't care or answer to any of them, since God was on her side and everything would work itself out. In March of 1928, another mysterious death took place on the compound. A woman named Frances Turner, who had a sister in the cult and joined the year earlier. She had a lot of health issues. She was paralyzed and couldn't speak, and she suffered from what was described as choking spells. So I don't know if that had something to do with her paralysis, but uh, whatever, that sounds awful. At some point, May decides that she can offer Frances a miracle treatment. Uh... A brick altar is built in one of the cabins, and Francis is laid upon it. Now, about 18 inches above her, a ceiling was constructed that was made out of chicken wire, and hot bricks were placed on top of this chicken wire, creating almost like a broiler. So Francis was like on this brick thing underneath these hot bricks. Now, most of the cult members were sent away from the compound when this treatment took place for two days. Bricks were constantly replaced when they cooled. Francis lay there coughing, unable to speak or scream due to her condition. So no one knows. Yes. Now the cult took it as a good sign when she stopped coughing and died peacefully two days later. Because she barbecued to death. Yes. Now cult members returned and were told Francis had been cured and left the cult. A doctor even came that was sort of friendly to the cult, and he um, did provide May with a death certificate that listed the cause as leakage of the heart. Her estate was sold off and money was distributed to somebody, probably May, but we don't officially know that. Now, there is another tale of what really happened, as if the first version isn't bad enough. This is from the son of one of the followers who was in the camp at that time. He said that the oven was built on the hillside and was not warm, but searing hot. He said Francis died within an hour, most likely of carbon monoxide poisoning or suffocation. May panicked when she died and had the oven immediately dissembled, but always frugal. She had the bricks used, reused to build pathways leading to the different cabins. So people literally walked all over the bricks, which were where Francis Turner died. Isn't that insane story? It's so gross. Uh, a few months later, in May, another follower died. Her name was Harlene Satoris. At some point, she was in great physical pain. A doctor was called, but it was too late. It was expe- um, sorry speculated that she died from gastric issues or some kind of heart ailment. But once once the cult was under investigation um, years later, her parents would come forward to say they thought her death was the result of a ritualistic killing, but there's no other evidence uh, of that. So in September of 1928, May is sort of in a panic. She knows she has to do something big to keep people on board. She reveals a new direction she has received from the angel. She is to take nine members and two mules on a pilgrimage into Death Valley. 
This was necessary um, because the pilgrimage was to escape the jaws of death, and it was a nod to David defeating Goliath. Because obviously May sees herself as David defeating like this giant whatever entity who's always trying to bring them down. Now, what month is this? This is the month September. Of, this is in September. They're going to Death Valley. Yes. Yes. It's going to be like 120 degrees, yes. literally. Yeah. Now, the mule symbolized the jaws of death. The desert was Goliath, and the members were David. Some speculated that they also wanted to throw bodies down the wells and stovepipe wells area of the desert. Do you know that area? I don't. Okay. Apparently, there's like these huge wells there. Um, this is a 500-mile round trip that they were going to be taking. It was going to last... Mules. <laughs> Wait. It was going to last two weeks. Now, Rachel, they did drive in cars, but the mules were tied to the bumper, so they drove really slowly. (laughs) No, Desi, no. Yes. Yes. Once they returned, some members reported that there was an orgy held after May ordered one of the members to kill the mules. (gasps) The area where this occurred was in that amphitheater, the bowl, in the side of the hills. Um, the book made a point of saying that these were not hot orgies. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't know why this guy had to say this. He was like, most of the members were elderly, many were ill, and some were on starvation di- diets. Also, a lot of them were family members. Like, So this was like his reasonings why it wasn't really probably happening. But I don't know, cults and family members fucking, I don't think that's too far-fetched. I mean, that's like goes together like apple pie and ice cream. Yes. One thing to point out is that um, some woman in the compound did get syphilis in the camp, and they she had what May described as weeping sores. Ew. <laughs> so even if there wasn't orgies or group sex, I'm sure people were probably fucking around in the camp, just like any old like gathering of people like that. That's how I always <laughs> imagine like the Ren Fair is. That's my fantasy. Desi, <laughs> let me tell you, as somebody who worked at the Renaissance Fair for two seasons in high school, it was exactly like that. Oh, good. Every weekend, we would all people would take acid, get wasted. There was fucking orgies. Like I, yeah, it was a oh, great good. time. Now May might have even encouraged fucking because she was sort of hoping to conceive their own Messiah. But no children were born during the cult's active years, and there's no evidence of orgies. But some would later say that the Great Eleven was not a love cult, but a death cult. In July of 1921, I'm sorry, 29, Clifford Dabney finally was like, enough is enough, and he filed several civil lawsuits against May, as well as one against the cult. One of the lawsuits demanded the return of $4,000. One was for $17,000. He also filed one demanding the return of the land he had purchased in Simi Valley. And the fourth one was return for the return of the oil lease he gave to May the year before. Now, Dabney then went to the police and filed criminal charges accusing May and the cult of fraud. The police kind of rolled their eyes hearing the story of how Dabney was so willingly built of everything he owned. He then told his story to the DA, Charles Kearney. Kearney was interested and began his own investigation into the cult. The investigation was going nowhere until an anonymous tip came in telling them to look into the death of Frances Turner. They believed she had been murdered. Nothing was turning up about this death, but it definitely seemed suspicious enough that everyone involved agreed to kind of continue looking into this. This is the woman who was killed in the oven? Yes. Now, they decided the best way to get more attention was to do a little publicity stunt, or like to get it in the newspapers, basically. Um, and what better way to, to use this death, this mysterious death of Frances Turner, to kind of turn it into a little bit of a newspaper story? So the, no, the news that the cult was under investigation broke, and they got another tip from a man who told them about Willa Rose, Rhodes, a priestess in the cult who also died under mysterious circumstances. He added that her body had been hidden, and he gave them address the address of where. <gasps> at 6 p.m. on October 5th, 1929, police showed up at the Venice home of William and Martha Rhodes to question them about the do- their daughter. After some questioning, they said that they needed to see Willa's death certificate and be told where she was buried. Martha began to cry, and William refused to give them that information. He said it was their constitutional right not to give it. Now, the police did not have a search warrant, so they kind of just, like, stuck around because they didn't kick them out. The detectives spent hours convincing them to come clean. Martha finally relented, saying she promised to tell them everything if they promised not to desecrate her daughter's grave. 
She told them everything. Her daughter had died of a natural death, but she refused to say where she was buried. The detective said that the body would need to be exhumed and examined. Martha wailed at that news, and homicide detectives were eventually sent for. Once those detectives arrived, Martha revealed her next shocking detail. She told them her daughter was buried underneath the bedroom floor with her dogs, and she told them of how they killed the dogs and buried them with Willa. Supposedly, the hardened homicide detective gasped. Martha was irritated by their judgmental gasp. (laughs) She, like, goes on to explain why the dogs thing happened to them. I'm sure they were just sitting there listening, like, okay, lady. Now, Martha then instructed her husband to show the detective how to access the crypt underneath the bedroom. They got shovels and pickaxes and began to basically remove Willa's coffin and and the coffin of the dogs. Um, there's pictures of the coffins after they were hauled out that were like soon to be all over newspapers. I'll post them on Instagram because it's just wild to see these cops with these like makeshift coffins. Now the roads were taken into custody and Willa's body is taken to the LA County coroner. To say that this story started dominating the news is an understatement. Headlines were screaming about a cult princess priestess dug up from a makeshift crypt. Um, the, the L.A. County coroner, by the way, about her condition, was shocked at how well-preserved she was. Like, if we remember, Martha, in the previous episode, did some kind of weird old-school preserving, like, treatment on her daughter. Um, she was well-preserved, but her insides were just completely uh, deteriorated. So... At this point, May and Ruth are like, we need to hire an attorney. Um, they, they soon refute all charges and turn themselves in. More details about angels and resurrections and mummification are coming out, and people are eating up this story and adding to it. Rumors are flying. flying. They're just they're really running with it at this point. The public and the newspapers um, are speculating all this shit. Now, after May and Ruth get out on bail, May begins releasing info, tr- info to the press that the cult was more about science than mystical stuff. Witnesses from Ruth and May's past also start coming back, including Arthur Osborne, who was Ruth's uh, one of Ruth's first con. I don't remember. Um, he was the one who gave her like $20,000 and he borrowed it from his biz- his like workplace. And then he like left her and joined the army. So he comes back and tell police about this. Clifford Dabney begins receiving death threats from people who are basically all cult members. Now, as the investigation into the cults going on continue, the question about what happened to Sammy Rizzio also reemerges when his mom, Francis, shows up at the police station with her story, still thinking he might be alive. Police are kind of like, uh, <laughs> that's probably... Not get, not happening. Like, what happened to this guy again? He was the one who did the whirling dervish um, ceremony on the beach, and then they say that he went into self isolation and meditation to reflect on his bad behavior towards Ruth, um, and then he disappeared and never was right. seen again. Now uh, they just added that basically to the pile of things to investigate. Detectives finally got a search warrant for the Simi Valley compound and quickly found a lot of odd things there, including. The Lord's Furniture set. <laughs> they, they also had uh, this sort of ceremonial object, which was like a large carved lion head on a staff, like just weird shit like that. They also discovered what were two, like appeared to be two freshly dug graves. The members were like, oh, that's just where we bur- buried the jaws of death, the mules. Um, but obviously, uh, the you know, police dug it up just to check and be sure. I mentioned all of the cult stuff was being eaten up by the public, but so was the story of Clifford Dabney, who everyone thought was the dumbest fucking rich boy ever and got duped by two broads, like with more money than sense. He was almost treated worse by the public than May and Ruth. Like people were like, you fucking idiot. Like, it's like how, it's kind of like how we should be treating (laughs) rich people. Like when people stan Elon Musk or Elon Musk, it's like, dude, who cares? Like, fuck him. He can take it. He's a billionaire. Um, by mid-October, three of the charges brought against May were dropped, and all of the charges against Ruth were dropped due to insufficient evidence. Oh, my God. Willa was determined to have died from natural causes, so that matter was dropped, and her body was given back to her parents for proper burial. They did request the bodies of the dogs, but the police were like, that's illegal. What? They were like, we can't give the dogs back, or you can't bury her with the dogs. I have no idea what that law is. They're like, it's illegal. She's like, what's... what's- and it's gross, ma'am. <laughs> 
I was going to say. It's just gross. It's, it's just creepy. fucked up, ma'am. Please stop asking for the dots. <laughs> Um, on December 4th, 1929, May is arraigned on charges of grand theft for stealing over $28,000 from Clifford Dabney. She pleads not guilty, and um, the trial starts in January of 1930 and will eventually last seven weeks. It's a wild show with cult members taking the stand and absolutely roasting Clifford Dabney on the stand. They go all out and unload all of their past resentments on this guy. Here's some of the things that they testified against or testified um, at this trial. They said that he said he had a vision which flying birds turned into chickens, and then he ordered them to purchase 600 chickens to represent birds or the sixth seal. Um, and then they were just like, they weren't even sacrificed or eaten. They were just let loose in the hills. Another vision led him to demand a date for his transfiguration, which May refused. He also claimed he could make the stars move just by looking at them. <laughs> I like the picture of this testimony. And people are like, people accused him of being obsessed with being divine. And um, people said he insisted on people calling him father, much like May insisted on mother. He would claim he saw angels flying by. And when a member died once, he spent time with his hands on the body, willing it to come back to life. He got so mad that the body wasn't coming back to life. He snapped his fingers over the course and said, hey, 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 hey. <laughs> most rich guy thing like come on hey 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 hey, wake Wake up up. let's go he once called a meeting of all members saying he was about to receive word from the angels and everyone sat there bored until he eventually passed out (laughs) he even had the nerve to to use the lord's furniture set rachel his most ghastly was vision was that he was in downtown la and hundreds of people were run over by a tractor slash calliope which is like a steam organ you know like the the circus has that like train looking car with the big pipes on it that play music and that so like this tractor slash calliope is running people over in downtown la (laughs) while it's playing music (laughs) and then dabney of course resurrects them all he wanted supernatural powers really bad and he fucking paid may in the hopes that he was going to get them and obviously all the gold and diamonds they painted a picture of a man who was not at all duped and was a willing participant in all of this bullshit now people in the courtroom and like the jury even are literally laughing their ass off at this testimony like the court is in an uproar laughing at this fucking idiot i mean person (laughs) he deserves it honestly uh, yeah so they especially love that he demanded to be called father and that was like a huge thing in the newspapers now unfortunately may is also an insane witness her excuses and lies are just wild. She claimed she never accepted checks from any anyone as she would have them placed on the ground first before picking them up. So it was kind of like finding them. Stop it. <laughs> That's like legitimately her testimony. Amazing. Um, May was also asked if the Lord's furniture set uh, was hers. And she said under oath, no, it was the Lord's. <laughs> They like presented her with a receipt that she signed and paid for the furniture set. And she just like had no nothing like she eventually does collapse on stand in a dramatic fashion, of course. And then she comes back on stand after collapsing, lamenting that she hadn't asked to be one of the two witnesses for for God, witnesses for God. It was a burden. The constant transcribing was exhausting. She complained about how demanding the angels were. And then she said she felt no guilt because whatever she did, it was because the angels told her to do it. It was God's, God's fault. She was just following orders. That didn't play well with the jury at right. all. On March 2nd, May is convicted of eight counts of grand theft, potentially heading to San Quentin for the rest of her life. Like each of those charges like carried like one to 10 years or something like that. Now, she still has devoted cult members at this point. They're all forced to leave Simi Valley. Things are sold off to pay back judgments against her. May, at some point, had rented the Glengarry Castle on Argyle in Hollywood, and a lot of the members moved over to this uh, building. May is in the L.A. County Jail at this point, and she's awaiting an appeal. So her appeal process starts due to the prejudicial testimony that was admitted, as well as the appeals court finding that Clifford Dabney was a willing participant. The judgment and guilty verdict are overturned, and May (gasps) is a free woman. (gasps) No one in the cult ever faces charges or is convicted of anything. 
The cult dwindles down throughout the 30s and really had all but disbanded by 1940. By 1948, May was approaching 70. She told the few members of her congregation that she had left, that Los Angeles was a bottomless pit of sin, its destruction was imminent, and their only hope was moving to Lake Tahoe. (laughs) There's something really funny about her proclamations. Like, our only hope is moving to Lake Tahoe. (laughs) It's like she's just like pulling shit out of her ass. Like, what the hell? So May never gets to go to Lake Tahoe. She dies of heart failure on June 17th, 1951. Good. Lake Tahoe is beautiful and she doesn't deserve it. (laughs) Ward dies two decades later in LA in 1975, alone and of lung cancer. His body is donated as a specimen to the LA School of Chiropractic. To the LA School of Cucks. (laughs) Cucks, seriously. Counting trains to the end. Some members do make the exodus to Lake Tahoe, including Ruth, who purchases several properties there. Ruth makes a half-hearted effort to keep her mother's work alive, but nothing much comes of it. She eventually dies in Sacramento in 1978. And that's the end of the story. (laughs) Dude, I can't believe they were never charged. Well, charged, but like, yeah. Like, they were never... um... I think the bottom line is this guy was just a willing participant. Like, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's the thing. She didn't really defraud him. Well, he was fucking greedy. He didn't, it wasn't enough for this dude to just be rich. He wanted to be rich and godly and powerful. Right. And have more. I think that's ultimately the problem. Yes, she's full of shit, but most people are like, anyone could see that, you fucking idiot. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, she didn't. She didn't really technically do anything illegal. Well, she took other a, than the death stuff. Well, oh, Desi, like, Desi. <laughs> I'm talking she, about. I'm talking about as far as scamming him went. Like sc- scamming him because he was a fucking idiot. Right. She obviously took advantage of poor people. She wasn't really getting a lot of money from most of her followers, though. There were people giving her some money, but it was like she really built the rich ones the most. Like so. I mean, I'm not defending her, but I think that. I think that it makes sense that she just like got let go on the the charges that were brought against her just because he really was not a victim in those circumstances and they couldn't prove the deaths. Yeah, is what the you're deaths. Saying. Yeah, there was nothing like because they the deaths had these like I think that those two women were sick right. and so was Willa. So they might have died of natural causes, but it's probably similar to like the Christian science stuff like they didn't take him to the doctor. Like, that's right. the crime. And is that a crime? Like, uh, yeah, I don't know why they didn't investigate those further. I mean, they I guess there was just nothing to go on. Right. Maybe they focused on the financial stuff, thinking it would be enough. And right. And it just, uh, they just didn't, they didn't pursue it, like, whatever, for, you know, how that goes. Like, they just decide not to fucking pursue it. That's a wild story. I can't believe it's not more well known. Yeah. And that other woman I mentioned in the last episode who may kind of, emulated Margaret Rowan, she was in San Quentin. Like she got busted for her like frauds. So she must have done something next level. Like, I don't know how they get those people usually. Like they did something either like, you know, wire fraud or some like transfer of money that makes it more illegal and it's documented in some way. I don't know. But yeah, that's the story. Wow, Des. That was a great story. Yeah. And I have some pictures of like the police stuff. And I want to find that Glengarry. Do you know that Glengarry Castle? What is that building? I don't It sounds familiar, but I don't know. I feel like I've passed it before. Yeah. Um, so maybe we'll find a picture of that. I mean, I that. probably have passed it a million times and I'm like, oh yeah, that thing. Right. So follow us on Instagram if you don't. There's yeah. pictures of things I've talked about up there yeah. and all our shows. And we'll probably post more this week. And yeah, that's it. Cool. All right. Let's do our bonus episode. Bye. Bye.